Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Nothing's better than feeling comfortable in your own shoes. Maybe you're a parent raising a little rock star or a tech nomad working from anywhere. Allbirds wants you to be comfortable in your actual shoes, too. Their wool runners, pipers, and loungers are so cozy you might forget you're wearing them. And they're crafted from natural materials that tread lightly on our planet. So get comfortable in your shoes. Get to know the wool runners, pipers, and loungers at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. It's the Tuesday Bulletin. The trio returns. It's myself taking my convo, uh, Lawrence Conley and Patrick Milk. Um, before we kick off, I must say my apologies. First, I am absolutely loaded with the cold, so uh, to a late take the four and I'll chip in um, when I need to. But uh, it was a nice sunny day, Patrick. The occasion that was set for the game. On Saturday, and we got again a performance and a terrific result against one of the most informed teams in the league. I think that the most informed team in the league out with Celtic and Rangers. Tell me a bit about your your match day um, going to the game and what what your thoughts was uh, on the game itself. Well, on on the day I had, I mean, I started work at half seven, get finished at two, and then headed straight to the ground. So, <clears throat> bit of a hectic day. But an enjoyable afternoon. Sun was shining. Weather was looking, looking on the up. Um, it was a great atmosphere, uh, a great performance. Certainly in the first half. Um, hopefully, there's a few more home games like that to come this season. And on the performance, you know, first half were unbelievable. Um, it's it was like a carnival atmosphere, really. Going three nothing up after about twenty six minutes or something. It was incredible. Um, and of course, the Yak does it again. Uh, another hat trick, two in succession at Celtic Park. Um, first time since Henrik Larson to do that, supposedly. I, I was wondering who the last player was because I thought yeah, maybe I, someone done it recently, but obviously well, not. I think the last Celtic player to to score two consecutive hat tricks was Moussa Dembele, 
February 2017, if you remember that. St Johnson was one of them, yeah. Goal of the season one, and then we battered somebody 5 or 6 nil. I think it's Celtic Park, the, the game following it. So, uh, yeah, there's a wee bit of trivia for you in that one. But yeah, continue, sorry. Yes, uh, fantastic performance. Um, it's hard to find a fault, really. Uh, maybe a bit slow in the second half, but the game was won after 26 minutes. Um, I thought they actually get better when they went down to 10 men. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the incident late in the, late in the show, but fantastic performance. And I think we were all expecting quite a, quite a tough game because um, I think I've seen a table somewhere that apart from the first 10 games of the season, Ross County are actually the third best team in the league. Over the it's last, got a lot of goals too. What would that be? The last twenty-one games, uh-huh. they, they've accumulated the third most points. So it should have been a tough game, but ended up so good on the day that it was no contest. It was no contest. Um, Lawrence, you were in Dalkeith. I hope the weather was as nice in Dalkeith as it was through in the East End of Glasgow. Um, as Patrick says, there, it really was no contest by twenty-six minutes. I don't know what Malky McKay was watching. You know, he's talking about a red card change in the game. There was no chance of that. I actually think if Ross County kept other men in the park, it could have been six or seven. It was one of those days. There was points, Lawrence, through January, February time. Obviously, Bodo is probably described as the, the, the big bump in the road so far post-Christmas. And obviously, people were worried coming out of Easter Road that day that, you know, our lead at the top of the table was going to slip. But um, when the Celtic team clicks... And it really did click on Saturday. I still think in these next seven games that our team is going to take a severe doing off us because we look so, so good at this moment in time. We've seen David Turnbull return to the pitch on Saturday. We're going to have Kyogo come back, hopefully post-international break. Um, we just look as if we've got everything just now. The players look hungry. The manager has got them all laser-focused on one game at a time. And it looks as if a Celtic team, you know, the, the Kettle's coming to the boil at the right time? Yeah, I mean, before the game, uh, we were kind of chatting at the studio, just saying, like, Jot has been a wee bit off it, but what a return to form, and you know, out in the right, he, he was looking a lot better. Maeda and, and Taylor left, that's a striker of a cracking partnership. So, you know, Ange is on record as he, he builds his teams to hit peak at the business end of the season. It, it's certainly starting to look that way for us anyway. Game done by 26 minutes, you know, and they were lucky it was only one red card by 26 minutes, let's be honest. You know, there was a couple of other wild tackles in there. Could have had a penalty as well. It's, yeah, you know, over and done. I was just glad that, you know, I know we've come out <coughs> of kind of a knock and angle and Maeda's pulled out, but you know what, I'm glad it's only two injuries after what the ref was letting go. And hopefully they're not too serious. Hopefully, you know, international break it. It's maybe going to be a benefit, Logic not going away, and, and Maeda not going away, if they're, they're fit for the first game after the break. You know, fingers crossed that they are fit for the first game after the break. Um, we'll get on, Patrick, to, to Don Donald Robertson's performance at Celtic Park at the weekend um, later on. But, uh, you know, I think it's, it's good to, go, again, go through some of these standout performances in this Celtic team. The two fullbacks I thought were exceptional once again, Juranovic and Taylor. Um, on Greg Taylor, you know, I, th- I think Lawrence touched on it there. The partnership with Maeda is certainly one that's that's coming to fruition. I think Taylor's get certainly better in recent weeks. He seemed to kind of peak in that derby game at the start of February. That he kind of, you know, Bodo. There's no doubt in pretending that you know he's going to be blamed for a couple of those goals. Rightly, it's, he's a man that gets caught out. Um, and whether that's down to the system, whether that's down to him, is probably a different argument to be had. But in recent weeks, he, he's looked, you know, solid. He's looked as if he's playing the system really well. And I think it was Boys Analytics uh, yesterday had put up that clip, just the, the varying uh, passes that he was having in his game. He's playing that, that ball over the top and behind to Maeda. He's playing the ball into feet to, to Jack and Marcus when he's taking up that inverted fullback role so well. What was your thoughts on Greg Taylor on Saturday? <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> uh, phenomenal performance, you know, probably his best since the Rangers game. And, you know, I think he, he had a shot as well. He, he done quite well to to play a 1-2, gets in. He probably could square it, but he's well within his rights to shoot. And, you know, keeper makes a good save. Playing a lot of very ambitious passes and, you know, a lot of them came off. They were creating good chances. Um, 
sorry, resulted in good chances. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic performance. And then obviously Lawrence his partnership with Maeda. Maeda, another phenomenal performance from him uh, on Saturday. Um, it's just good to have, you know, as you were saying, Turnbull coming back from injury, it gives you more options. And then the options that we have already um, are fit and firing, on form, hitting form at the right time, um, which is something we struggled with, you know, at the start of the season and then all last season, you know, we've not had our luck with injuries in the past two years, but <clears throat> uh, we're looking really good, uh, you know, seven league games to go, hopefully two cup games to go, and um, hopefully nine wins at in. Yeah, that would be uh, cracking, and if we can get both cups in the bag to add to already the league cup, that would be some turnaround from the, the position that we were in last season, but as I, I mentioned earlier, it's laser focus, it's one game at a time, um, and just now it's going to probably feel a bit weird because we've had the Scottish Cup game against Indy United, we've then returned back to league form, we're all doing this countdown, it's obviously now seven games to go, but now it's another international break and everybody's going to know, don't want this, but once we get past this, we're, we're really into the thick of it, um, and those last games, the countdown has really begun when we get past this international break, which is going to kick off with a Glasgow derby game. Um, Lawrence, I know my dad's watching, and he thought we had a new centre-half at the weekend. There was a Carol Staffelt, uh, no under-armour on, no gloves, looking, looking the part at the back beside CCV, and I actually thought it was one of his best performances in Green and White Hoops. I thought he was absolutely terrific at the weekend. Again, his passing ability at times um, seems to have improved. You know, there's a lot of chat around him being a right-footed centre-half playing the left centre-half position. At times, that's when he gets caught in the turn. Um, but I thought he looked terrific at the weekend and very solid defensively beside Cameron Carter-Vickers. And a phenomenal start, which I I read and uh, picked up on, was that Starfield completed uh, more passes in the game on Saturday than was counted as a whole team. Um, which is absolutely incredible. What was your thoughts on Carol Starfield's performance? Well, it's an absolute stroll that ended. Uh, you know, it's no surprise with the best defence in the league. I mean, Ross County, I feel the fourth highest scorers in the league between I mean, Celtic, the Rangers, and Hearts. So, you know, for the whole defence, they, they yeah, just absolutely stroll it. It's brilliant. You, you know, the confidence in that defence in Scotland has got to be sky high just now. Very rarely lose a chance, never mind a goal. So, Starfield's just him and CCV are, are doing cracking together. It's, you know, as you said, it's kind of seven games to go. Even maybe look at it as a mini league of three. Win, win our next three games, you know, you're in the final. And then further ahead in the league, would, you know, it'd be six ahead with five to go. Well, I think we're favourites for the league and for the cup anyway but no, I, I just think it's it's going to be a cracking season that no matter what we hope from so where we were, you know, from, from where we were even if we only end up with a one trophy you're going well, in the turnaround in, the, in terms of squad what Ange's built so far and I, I think he exceeded expectations in Europe I know you know, we're all really disappointed with, with a Bodo result but you know what I think he from the squad he inherited, I, th- I think he's done outstanding stuff so far. Yeah, I think that's fair comment in the Europa League especially. Um, from where we were, the, the turnaround in players, personnel. Um, Patrick, Celtic followers come in with this point on YouTube to say he, he loves it, that we're able to play football, that we're able to take the players and maintain the same standard in floor football. We heard Dan's come out after the Rafe Rovers game saying that the, the squad at that point in time, this was early February, wasn't at the place he wanted them to be at that time. Um, I think there was a lot of different interpretations of that, whether it was, you know, there's guys in there who he doesn't fancy and isn't going to pick, or whether it's, it's training, fitness, whatever it is. But we've now got this period of time where it's basically one game every week. It's not two every week. We're going to get that extra time in the training part. The squad as a collective looks absolutely great just now, and I think that's a really good point. But I think Ange Postecoglou at this point in time feels very confident that he can either go Juranovic or Ralston. The midfield three you can pick any, and the, the front three you can pick any. Yep, it's a phenomenal place to be. 
you know, I think we've said on here every week, we're delighted with where we are based on where we were at the beginning of the season or at the end of the last season. You know, not getting a manager in until the 10th of June, um, it was a bit of a shambles, if we're all being quite honest with ourselves. I think we moved on 10 players and brought in 12. Um, so, And then signed another four, uh, four or five in January. So to have the squad that we do, to be in the position that we are, it's it's a tremendous effort from everyone involved. And, um, you know, I think you'd be delighted with where we are at the beginning of the season. But I think from where we are now, I think if we didn't win the league, I think you'd honestly have to be very disappointed because we're in great form. We've got a great squad. People are returning from injuries and there's only seven games to go. So I think... I think um, I think we need to go on and win the league or else I think we're going to end up really, really disappointed with ourselves and it'll be a big wasted opportunity in my opinion. However, in saying that, I do think that we will win the league. Um, I've always said it'll be close but we'll eventually edge it and I think that's going to come to Yeah, I think it's probably ever to lose at this point in time. Um, I don't like saying that but I think it is. Sorry, I've looked at the comments of people saying they're having technical issues, buffering and stuff. It is okay at our end here. I can hear both the chaps fine, but Paul is in the background trying to sort it out, so apologies if there is any issues um, that you're experiencing, just I hope that gets sorted out. Um, Lawrence, the midfield three, which I've touched on there, um, Tom Rodgick was off injured, but we'll come to the injury which he picked up. Um, and Matt O'Reilly comes on to replace him, which I think is a real, you know, it's a signal of how storm this squad is. We lose Tom Rodgick in the game, but Matt O'Reilly comes on. Um, is he a player that you think should be starting for us? Because one of the, the, the things on Saturday was I tweeted it out last night. We see that we move between Hatati, Maeda and O'Reilly. O'Reilly's in the end of it and the, the shot just goes wide. It got a you know a complete standard ovation at Celtic Park for it. Um, you know, what was your, your thoughts on Matt O'Reilly coming out of the game? Because even at Tannadice last week, I thought he was exceptional. Do you think he should be starting now? Um, and if so, who drops out for Matt O'Reilly? I think the only guaranteed starter in the midfield three is Callum McGregor, and and that's whether he plays as a six or further forward. Outside of that, you know, it, it, it's a really tough fight for for those two two jerseys. And I suppose it's what Ange wants, isn't it? You know, being able to rest players or players that he thinks maybe better suited against the opposition. Uh, you know, Mark can feel, I suppose, disappointed that he's not starting. But you know, Tom Rogers a, a hard guy to replace. But but even then, you know, you might play. In the game, you might play me either and beat one, just depending who who the opposition is. So, I suppose it keeps the opposition guessing. Uh, it just shows the quality we've got in the middle of the park now. You know, to pick the midfield three, as I said, I think it's all Cal McGregor. Nothing's better than feeling comfortable in your own shoes. Maybe you're a parent raising a little rock star or a tech nomad working from anywhere. Allbirds wants you to be comfortable in your actual shoes, too. They're wool runners, pipers, and loungers are so cozy you might forget you're wearing them. And they're crafted from natural materials that tread lightly on our planet. So get comfortable in your shoes. Get to know the wool runners, pipers, and loungers at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's guaranteed started and, and then it's you know, any two from about six with Thumble coming back. You know, it's, it's that kind of hard to get a position in there, but... He's looked great since he came in. I think, you know, when we were looking at him, Liverpool were looking at him. Uh, I think, you know, there's chart the best stats uh, of any midfielder in Europe. So, he looks to progress under Ange. He's definitely a guy that's got a good career ahead of him. And it's certainly Patrick Riley McGree, who, um, and again, Matt O'Reilly, you know, base management, same. Uh, Agency is Ange Postecoglou. It's definitely an Ange Postecoglou uh, transfer, and you know, probably without that connection, I don't think we'd be lucky 
enough to have him. And it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with Denmark under twenty ones. I do think he will become a, a Denmark international eventually because you know he's only he's younger than me and you. Um, dare I say it? I don't like saying that because not, it's it's only you younger than me as well. Sorry, sorry. It's younger than me, Declan. Make me that. feel old. Uh, I in your dreams, Lawrence. Um, so no, no, yes, younger than me. Sorry, he is a lot younger than you. You're right. So he's only older than Patrick. This is me with a cold. See, I'm losing the plot. Um, <laughs> Brown Warrior, a usual Tuesday contributor. Take my say, myself way away from this. Um, it's come in to say to me when sitting here talking about a possible travel from where we were and we are doing in Europe is almost miraculous for Manja it absolutely is and the squad rebuilding which he had to do and everything else that's gone before it so um, yeah it is miraculous it would be disappointing but you know it's it's good for us as fans probably to get ourselves excited and look ahead and, and you know get excited but probably inside that dressing room just now it'll be the you know laser focus for Manja Postecoglou making sure those players are ready just for the next challenge which is a Glasgow Derby game, then after that, obviously St Johnson at Celtic Park, um, with the semi final wedged in between that. Patrick, um, Lawrence touched on at the top of the show, Jota, um, there probably was a lot of us thinking, you know, such, such top performances early parts of the season that we came to expect them for a, a long, probably, period of time. That probably dipped a wee bit, to be fair to say, um, but on Saturday, absolutely top door stuff. I thought he was excellent at Livingston. Um, and the ball in for Jackie Marcus is absolutely top, top drawer. You just knew when the ball was floated in that we were going to score from it because it was a delicious ball put in at the box. Yep. <clears throat> and he's um, he's very good at that. You know, a lot of players cross it first time and it, it just hits the first man and it gets blocked. But Jota, he cuts back in his right foot and he takes an, an extra couple of touches and he lifts it. He can take gets a lot of height really quickly and he curls it right into the back post and a lot of them end up right at the corner flag, you know, not every cross is perfect but he's been putting in a, a few great crosses recently um, cutting in a bit less but I suppose when every team plays 11 men behind the ball you're going to struggle to sort of cut in and have a shot from 18 yards or so um, but yep, another for a performance Phenomenal performance uh, from Jota, as you were saying. He sort of dipped a bit after the injury. Um, not to say it was bad. You know, he scored two crucial goals against Aberdeen. Yep, still one um, of top performers as well. Yep, hundred percent. You know, there's definitely worth players on the side, um, and he's certainly still a player that I'd be willing to spend six million on. Mm. Uh, we'll see if that happens or not. But um, no, I mean. If we're all being honest, I think it's probably unlikely that we'll sign him. I think Carter Vickers would probably be the first choice between the two. Uh, and if rumours are to be believed, they're both going to cost us £6 million. So you're talking about eight hundred games to enjoy him. Uh, so, you know, if he's playing badly, criticise him, obviously. But obviously enjoy him while he's still here because he might only have eight games left for Celtic. You never know. Um, not to be all down in the dumps, you know, we... we we're still on here. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, phenomenal performance on Saturday, and hopefully he can uh, score a goal against um, our, our rivals in two weeks' time. Yeah, that would be uh, nice if he get his, his first Glasgow Derby goal um, in the game in two weeks' time, less than two weeks' time now. Um, Lawrence, again with Jota, you know, I think I'm right in saying it, the weekend he started. Obviously, the right-hand side, he can play the odd wing, but the, the assist I'm talking about into Jacko, he's out in that left wing delivering that one. How good is it to be able to have that you know, rotation between the wingers? Yeah, it's really good, but, but I think Maeda was out on the left at that point as well. We seem to be overloading there. You know, both wingers had, had ended up out there, but I suppose that's what Angie's system is about, you know, being able to interchange a front three at times. Uh, so it's got to be hard for the defenders to pick up. But I was just glad to see him back in form because I was having serious doubts about him. You know, since his injury and since the break, I'm kind of like that he's not had the heights we've come to expect. But seven games left, it's you know, one next three games, and you know, it could be really exciting times. And I think we'd have enough money to get Carter Vickers and Yota. You know, if we qualify for Champions League, you look at then who, who do you move on to save some 
Cash. Uh, you know, Barkas is in the paper saying he wants to move, and obviously I think Boy's loan deal's finished, uh, so we'd want to move him out. Yeah, you, you know, there is some money in the squad that could be freed up, but yeah, it, cracking performance from uh, against Ross County. Uh, game's done by 26 minutes, and could, it might have been done a lot sooner if it hadn't been for the ref, but you know, if we go and get 3 0 up. In the first half of the game, in the rest of the season, we're going to be we're going to win the treble, aren't we? I would hope so. Um, certainly, if we win games three plus, um, I'm sure we'll be absolutely fine if we do that. Um, just as you touched on there, Lawrence, and we've got it in our tagline there. Um, due to a visa issue, Balling goalie will be returning from FC Ufa. I think that's how you pronounce their name. Um, and just Paul's chipped in just to tell us here. Um, there is still some European transfer windows open. Sweden, Norway, Kazakhstan, Finland. So it will be interesting to see if any other team fancies him. I, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near the first team at Celtic. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, when he returns. We'll maybe touch on him if we get time later on in the show. Um, Patrick Maeda. Um, we're starting to get goals from the corner. Rotations again. This, I think this is something that we're working on. It must be. I mean, we've struggled for, for such a while with uh, corners. Um, we've scored a few recently. And, you know, I heard an interesting statistic. Um, I think Arsenal brought in a set-piece coach 18 months ago. And this season, they haven't conceded from a, a corner. Now, I think they've played, I want to say, 28 league games. No European games and three cup games. So they've only played 31 matches. So you're talking about Celtic reaching the end of November without conceding a corner. Um, but albeit still a very impressive record. Um, to, to score from set pieces, I think, is an improvement. You know, our downfall last season was was probably conceding goals, um, and most of them did come from set pieces, but we didn't score that many either. So we had to improve in both in both fronts, and um, we appear to be doing that. And then on Maeda individually, you know, he maybe went through a bit of a tricky patch in the middle of February. You know, I don't think he was properly getting the service. I don't think... I'm not entirely convinced he's a striker either. Um, I think he's a left winger. And I think Brown yeah. Warrior, who watches, you know, has constantly told us that. And all those goals that scored for, for Yokohama, Marinos came off that left-hand side. Yeah, uh, you know, whether that's a sort of left forward or left winger, he, he certainly played out in the left. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've seen the best of him recently, you know. He was on fire in that Hibs game when he made his debut, scoring in four minutes, um, running them ragged for 60 minutes. Um, but we've seen him contributing goals and assists and linking the play and getting uh, chances into the box. And he, He's playing really, really well. And it just sort of, it just bodes into what we're saying, that everyone's hitting form at the right time. Everyone's coming back from injury. I know Roger Kinlaida out of international duty, but fingers crossed that they're both okay for the game at uh, the game in Govan and what was it 10 days Ibrooks. time told you about this Govan's fine at Cybrox is the area Ibrooks, I do apologise Govan's a big Tim area told you this uh, in the countryside uh, remember I know you do yep absolutely <laughs> um, it's all green fields and stuff where you live Lawrence um, Dyson Maeda you know as I touched on there it's set rotations from corners the game at Livingston it's a great header from Carl Starfield there he's there uh, the weekend Big Jack will get something in the air and there he's there again. Um, and even that wee clip that you probably saw on Twitter on Saturday evening, there he's there in 88 minutes, chasing down the ball, you know, like a madman, because there's nobody else running for that ball. But it just constantly after, and he is really the epitome of an Antipostacoglu player. Yeah, I think Chris left wing, he's definitely more, more at home out, isn't he? And, and him and Taylor have been working up brilliantly. Yeah. Improvement set pieces, four goals in the last five games. You know, it's maybe that we'll get even more. You know, Ange is now going to get some time to work with the players during the week because it's one game a week for us. You know, we've got recovery time. We've got, you know, it's not just in kind of a bit of video review, a bit of warm down, maybe a bit of training, and uh, and then you know the next day prepping for the match. We've got time where Ange can work on his ideas and whether that's set pieces or whatever. You know, hopefully we see the benefit on the park. You know, and the extra time yeah. off has got to help, especially you know the the, the energy guys like me are putting in. You know, 
over the 90 minutes. Don't forget that, you know, the Japanese guys have they've played right through. You know, they haven't had a break. So hopefully it'll benefit them more. Uh, our nearest chance have certainly got a busier schedule than us. You know, they've been doing really well in Europe. But hopefully we can turn that to advantage. Yeah, on that point, Lawrence, I'll bring this to you, Patrick. Um, 4 0 at the weekend, Patrick, we, we saw our closest challengers 2 1 at Dens Park. I, I don't know if they'll produce a 4 0 performance victory like we do if we play the Thursday and it's a Sunday game. But what are your thoughts on that one? Not to say that we wouldn't have liked to progress in Europe because I think that was all our ambition this season. You know, to not have won a knockout tie for 18 years is disappointing. It's poor for a club of Celtic. Um, there's obviously a completely different debate around Celtic's history in Europe and, you know, that really dominant spell from the mid-60s through until the mid-70s, then the hiatus from the 1980 through the 90s, back in in the 2000s, drop out, back in. But um, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think we produce, you know, as good a performance and result as we do at the weekend if we play the Thursday? That's a Sunday game. No, definitely not. Um, you know, we're all talking about players being fit and five and all fronts and players coming back from injury and stuff and the, the squad depth that we've got. But at the same time, I think, you know, I mean, they've played, is it, f- it's only two extra games at the moment, isn't it? Um, I think it is only two so far. I mean, they've got another two, but it's only two extra games. <laughs> but at the same time, you can see it in their performance. Um, this is our challengers I'm talking about. Um you know, they, they're turning it on on a Thursday night, uh, unlike us, and then they're playing very poorly at the weekend, especially away from home, whereas we're the opposite. We are firing in all fronts, as I keep saying. Uh, obviously, you know, it's disappointing just now. I know for a fact I was extremely disappointed, bitterly disappointed to go to Lennon um, yeah, about a month ago when, when, we, when we went out of Europe. But I think it's a case of losing the battle to win the war. Because if we win the league, you know, you're talking about a minimum of thirty-five million straight into the Champions League. Uh, I need to check again to see who's in the last eight of the Champions League, but I'm pretty sure all eight are going to qualify through the league path. Um okay. and therefore therefore we will get the, the group stages automatically should we win the league. But we need to make sure that we win the league. Um and then spend that money wisely. Get Carter Vickers and get Jota and sign a few extra players and really kick on next season. So lose the battle, win the war would be my summary. Mm, inspired and words there, Patrick. Um, Lawrence will eventually come to the Hattic hero, Georges Jackamakis. Um, as I said, you know, two consecutive Hattics at Celtic Park. He didn't play in the St. Man game, so it is two consecutives, Dundee and. Um, Ross County. Um, what, what was your favourite out of two goals? Because they're two very different goals. One is the Jota goal when he rises up. You know, I heard Tony yesterday saying you know he, he jumped up the Friday night to to head that one home. But the second goal as well, technically, is very very difficult because he's got in there by the header. It's came off the line and right away he's bang right in there. He just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. It's twelve uh, goals now for him, and every single one of them have been one touch finishes. I think that the header from from the the, the Jota balls uh, is the best goal. You know, I get what you're saying. You know, he he's been in the right place. Taking, I would agree with that. I think that's the, the second goal. choice. But you know, the defender heading it about out back into that area is ridiculous. You should be putting some height in that ball, or you know, away from the centre of the goal. But listen, I don't think he's looked back since the uh, that sixty minutes against the Rangers. I, I think you know, he had a crack in sixty minutes against them, and he's not looked back. Uh, we just got keep hoping he keeps doing it for for the next seven games. But you know, soon we'll have options. Soon Kyogo will be back, so you know there won't be so much resting on him because you know we have been relying on him. But he's risen to the challenge, hasn't he? Yeah, he's risen to the challenge massively, and he's put in performances, probably performances, Patrick, we could never have envisaged. Um, and I think there'll still be a lot of his opinion that when Kyogo comes back, he is a first choice striker. There's no doubt about. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. That, but at this moment in time, um, you know, to me, at Ibrooks, it's just Jack and Marcus that needs to start. You can't throw a player that's got a hat to. As well as that, Kyogo is going to need uh, game time. I know we brought him back in for that League Cup final. It had only been, what, two, three weeks since the injury against Batiste. It had it been a long layoff. This is three months now. Um, St Johnston or coming on as a substitute in the, the Derby game or even looking towards that semi-final might be a, a better type game for him to come back in but for me it's, it's GG at Ibrox all the way 100% yeah even if Kyogo is 100% fit I think you need to go with uh, Yakamakis because yep. I, I'd love that three hat-tricks in a row um, as much as Kyogo is probably still our first choice striker um, the team is playing in a way that Almost sort of suits Yakimakis. Because yep. um, I know we're struggling. When we struggled earlier in the season, we continued to cross the ball uh, more frequently as the games went on, uh, trying to search for that goal. And it only ever really worked against Dundee United at home in late January. Um, but we're crossing, we're, we're putting in good balls, good crosses, good cutbacks, and they're finding Yakimakis. And there's a, there's a phenomenal move um, in the first 20 minutes of the, the Derby game on the 2nd of February where it, they cut it back to Yakimakis and he puts it high almost towards the roof of the net and it's saved by McGregor but it, I mean he, he's finding himself in the correct position uh, I'm going to disagree with you both I think the second goal that he scores looks more impressive and I, I've never I've never played at striker I've never really played football um, so I couldn't tell you what is literally more difficult, but I think the second one is 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 incredibly uh, impressive to head of it, and then go again and find the, the the corner of the net. I think is is phenomenal, and there's no doubt about it. The guy's a quality player. Um, you know, we didn't uh, get a chance to see that in the first half of the season through injury, through you know an unfortunate penalty miss, but you know he's he's certainly redeemed himself in, in the past two months uh, of this season. Yeah, I think that second goal is a touchstone. It's a very hard ability that because he needs to really it's instinct waiting on that ball coming back in a lot of strikers where they just giving up on that and thought oh came back but then he's here bang and he gets the, the header onto it and that's him. And you I see how much a bad head tennis, he scores a goal. And but you need to it's the instinct of it, Lawrence. Really? He's, he's bang, he's right there and he's waiting for it. Even if he thinks a lot of strikers would have probably thought or oh, a put it in the back of the net but he's he's even waiting on the rebound just to come just to make sure that it's in the back of the net and you just see yeah he's definitely I been alert hasn't he yeah I think what Patrick's saying that if you're looking at anybody probably just now any young Celtic player coming through a guy for desire the, the way he's worked so hard I think and probably that kind of winter break time to come back and do what he's did I know probably the Alloa game you know I came away from there freezing cold thinking oh, that was the you know, a vintage Celtic performance obviously it only matters um, that you you get you progress in the cup. But even his goal in that game, it's a crossover. It's a very difficult skill that he do, and he gets it in the the volley. So um, yeah, and a bit of trivia again here. Paul's came to tell us in seventy five years, just five Celts have scored back to back hat tricks: Joe McBride, Kenny Dalglish, Henrik Larsson, Musa Dembele. Georges Jacques so he's certainly joining Celtic football royalty with those ones. Um, so yeah, top top stuff. Um, let me just try and find this comment from Brown Warrior. He was chatting about Jacques See, it is. Does anyone seriously think that Jacques was brought in to support Furahashi and she went with Tim Cahill as his main striker? This is no coincidence. Um, Lord, uh, Patrick, I'll come to this, this to you on this one. Sorry. Um, we saw Kyogo used as a winger in the first Glasgow Derby game of the season and admittedly came out and he said, you know, I get that wrong. He took complete responsibility for it. Um, I heard Alan Ruff yesterday saying that, uh, you know, could you ever see a situation where there's Jacques and Kyogo together? I don't think that's going to be the case. As you say just now, 
Shakamakis suits the system of football that you're playing. Kyogo will certainly, there's no doubt about it, come in and probably make an impact of these last uh, eight, nine games. But uh, I, I don't think we'll see the two of them together. No, um, I don't think I don't think we'll see Kyle go out wide either. I think that's an experiment we've tried two or three times, and it clearly hasn't worked. It doesn't suit Kyogo, and you know it might suit Yakimakis, but I think you're better off having natural wingers. Or you know, I said in here countless times, I think you're better off playing players in a natural position. Uh, you know that's something that I'm definitely sticking by after the the, the new Lennon tenure. Um, McGregor at left back and such, you know, but no, I I, I still think Kyogo's our first choice striker. I know uh, Brown Warrior just said that he played Tim Cahill up front, but you know, you, you can't transfer players when you're a national team coach. You just sort of you need to work with what you've got, and you know, I'm no expert on the the 2014 uh, Australian World Cup side, but I doubt they'd a player like Kyogo in it if you know they were playing Tim Cahill up front. Um, you know, Kyogo was the first big money signing. Um, he was somebody that, you know, was announced at half four in the morning by, uh, yep. what was his old team, the one that Iniesta plays for? Gosh, I yeah, can't remember. Uh, Vissel Cobb, is it? Aye. And yeah. then I think we announced him at 10 in the morning, you know. I, I still think he's our first choice striker. Um, I don't think Yakimakis is far behind him. Uh, but, you know, I think they're both strikers. I think Kyogo's definitely first choice um, I'm delighted that we have both of them because I think they're both phenomenal players. I think Yakimakis is a... I think we probably underrated him the first half of the season because we didn't see a lot of him and he was a bit unfit. But I think we're, we're very lucky to have both of those guys at the club. Yeah, I think we're very lucky to have both of those guys at the club. Jake Ryan's come in to see Kyogo and Gigi can never play together. They can both play. They both want to play through the middle and 4-3-3 three, three is of our formation. Yep, and certainly likes the 4-3-3. Unless we have seen us go to a kind of four-two-four, sorry, Lord, just to finish this one, we've seen us go to a four-two-four at times. So I think maybe if the chips are down in some of the games, that might be the only potential thing that we'll see the two of them together. But certainly starting a game, I think four-three-three is our formation, and that's what we'll go for, Lawrence, Sorry, Kyogo played most of his game at left wing before we signed him. You know, he, yeah. he is a left winger. You know, based on where he's played most of these games, and I, I think when he played left wing at Ibrox. It wasn't his performance that was bad. It was Eddie's performance up front that was terrible. You know, and that was the change. It was like, who would have been better playing through the middle? It wasn't that Kroger was was uh, was it any good in the wing. It's just that Eddie was, when he missed a serve, didn't he? It's, it, it just, I think, I think his, his heart wasn't in it, shall we say. So I can see Ange playing, you know, Kroger. Uh, on the wing uh, if Maeda gets injured I could certainly see him going right you know what that's a replacement because Maeda's been doing brilliant out in the left but you know uh, I could definitely see it happening uh, but time will tell you know we've got seven games Kogo's going to need to get, get some fitness if if we get three or four up you know that maybe it's, it's time to put him on the wing and see what it'd be like with him on the wing and, and GG through the middle Yep, David Ferguson's came in here to say the best thing is we don't have to change our style of play, regardless whether it's Kyogo or, or Gigi playing. I definitely agree with that, Patrick, on what, what Lawrence has said there. It's great that we're able to have this discussion just now, because I think if you even think back, there's no disrespect to on Moffat, because I think there's a talent there and he's going to get his chance at Celtic, but we're not having to put younger guys into big pressure games, even if you think back to, to Dingwall in December. You know, Moffat's thrown on in that game, hoping for a performance from the manager. It's great that the managers get belief and trust in younger players. But, you know, the quality that we've got just now, um, I hope Owen Moffat gets his chance at Celtic. I certainly do. But um, at this point in time, we've got so many different options and it's good that we've got players that can, you know, play the system um, because that's what Andrew's all been about. And he tried to do that, I think, in Bodo in the away game. Trust players to play the system. We didn't have that in that game. Certainly in the league just now, it is looking as if they can trust players to play the system and the ball. Yep, 100%. You know, <clears throat> on the <coughs> left-hand side, you've got Jota and Maeda probably fighting for the, the first first team place. Um, Kyogo can play there. Um, you know, you've got Mikey Johnson there. You've got 
uh, Owen Moffat, as you said, out there as well. I mean, you've got so many players that can play that position. That's just, I think that's five I've named there. Um, obviously, Kyle go about a position. And, you know, but again, you've still got four players there. I don't think that we should be for, uh, not forcing Kyle go out left, but playing him out left just to get both of them in the team. I would rather play, if Maeda's on form, play Maeda and just leave Kyle go on the bench if we're going to play Yakimakis. Um I, I, I just think he's a striker. I know he played out left for uh, Vassal Kobe, but he's played at striker for us and it's worked at striker for us. Um, I just think you need to keep him there. Either that or just give him a rest. You know, We're probably not going to see him play uh, at Ibrox. We're, we're definitely not going to see him start, I don't think. Um, I think you know St. Johnson and then the semi-final are probably when we're going to see him back. And Again, if, he, if he's not going to play him at striker, I, I, I'd keep him on the bench, honestly. Um, you know, um, it, I just I just hate players out of position, um, and that's all there is to it, really. But again, phenomenal that we can have this discussion. And when you look back at December, you know, as silly as it sounds now, I think we're all a bit low um, after the draw against St Mum because uh-huh. the day before there was the the five hundred fans um, limit. I know that we got the winter break uh, brought forward and. It only really affected the St Johnson away game, but we just won our first trophy of the of the season, first trophy in three hundred and sixty four days. Um, you know, we, we were playing really well, but when you look at the players that were playing, you know, Mikey Johnson was starting. Owen Moffat came on against Ross County in the in the cup. You know, I think he came, came on, on in the cup and, final. Yeah, aye, and I think he came on in Paisley as well. You know, we're playing Jovanovic at right wing. It was crazy times, and when you look at the options that we have now, to get away in December with only two drop points, I think we've done really, really well there, looking back on it, and, you know, it's just seven games to go. Yeah, it is just seven games to go. It will be interesting, um, because I think under, you know, Kyogo in early parts of the season, we saw how good we can be, and then this kind of second part of the season, under... Jack and Mac is leading the line with so good we can be. So I, I don't I don't think I could probably say, you know, one suits the system better than the other. Because I think, you know, think back to maybe Ferenc Varos when it was Kyogo, Jota and Abada, the three of them looked, you know, any defence I don't think we'd have liked to have played against that. But then maybe if you look at the, the Derby game maybe Jacko leading the line or even at the weekend there, you've seen a kinda a different pest coming at you. So it's good that we've got those two options and it's good that if we're in a game and we, we do try what you were saying earlier on, Patrick, those high balls into the box, we do have somebody in there that can beat them. Um, he's in 12 goals just now. There's no reason why he can't get to at least 15 and a possible 20. That would be a phenomenal return. I think it was 23 last season. He scored uh, in Holland. Lawrence, top goal scorer in the Eredivisie for a team that got relegated. is not bad stats. I'll come to you on this one first. Uh, Kane Ramsey. So, Red at the weekend, we've touched on that earlier on. Um, Dan McGallagher yesterday said he didn't think it was a red card. I've watched other things that have said it wasn't a red card, but there's a lot. The issue I've got with it is there's no mention of the incident that just went before it, and Don Robertson let it go, and then he's went flying in there. Um, people are saying about his dragging leg and whatever else, that he never uh, left the ground. I thought it was a red card. There was far too much force, and the player that he's went in for has had to go off injured. And as our tagline says, he's now missing for his international team. What was your thoughts on it? I think you know he's won the ball, but he's also when it was intent to hit the player after winning the ball. And I think that's what makes it a red card. But to say there was a couple of incidents before it that could easily have resulted in yellows, if not reds. But you know the the, the ref let them go. Even after it, there was one real was when the ball played it away. And it, Player kicked him over from behind. You know that's not that's just kicking a player over. You like that could be in a red. I think definitely the way the ref was uh, interpreting the rules led to that red card. You know, it led to Ross County's thinking we can get away with challenges this physical on players and not expect to get punished. Uh, you know. He's been in, and for me, he's been in to think I'm going to win this ball and fall through and get played as well, and which is what he's done. And that's a red card for me. Patrick, your thoughts on it? Um, David Ferguson says Ramsey tackled Maeda waist high. 
I think had Don Robertson did his job properly, they booked him for that, and then the second one, they booked him again, they'd have been off the park anyway. So the fact they never booked him first time around, he had to show him red. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. You know, he deserved to be sent off. Whether the, the, the incident itself is a straight red, I'm leaning towards I don't think so. But at the same time, there was a bookable offence two minutes before it. Um, waist high in Maeda, as, as uh, folk are saying in the comments. Um, not highlighted by sports scene in the highlights package. Um, I, I have no idea what the reason for that was. There was actually one, I don't think it was uh, Kane Ramsey, but there, there was two tackles. One of them was uh, Kane Ramsey, and then there was one even earlier than that. I think it was someone else. But three bookable offences. Um, and I think that would have continued all throughout the game if they didn't have a player sent off because they were flying into tackles. Um, so I think he deserved to be off the park. Whether the incident itself is a red card, um, I don't think so. I don't think it's a straight red. I think it's a second bookable offence. And, um, you know, we, we do eventually get, while we're on refereeing, you know, we do eventually get the penalty. You've got at least one more penalty that were denied, if not a third penalty. It's a blatant one in the first half, the two hands. Yeah, there's definitely one. Uh, there's definitely a second penalty. There's possibly a third one as well. Um, I think possibly. I think earlier in the second half, uh, before we got the actual penalty. Um, so I'm sure Ross what, County have got their own complaints about the the refereeing performance, but it was a pretty bad one. Um, we deserved to win the game, but they get a lot wrong. I was going to say the one in the first what? half would have been a pen and a yellow. <laughs> you, you, you know, it would have been another card. It's but the ref was shocking, and and it's maybe why why we eased up a bit. Maybe I just said to him, "Look, you're getting no protection out there, boys. Just you, you know, we've got the game won. Just don't get don't pick up injuries." Yeah, um, but before we conclude on this point again, I always stress this: the reason we're chatting about it is we've won the game. We've got nothing to complain to. We've got three points, four goals, but fine margins. It's three points at the top of the table. There's seven games to go. It only takes one bad refereeing decision to either, you know, completely injure a player for the rest of the season and that's him out. He's not an option anymore. Um, and justice isn't served or it could be a decision in a game that's tight um, and it doesn't, you know, go our way. Or, it, you know, again, whether it was a Celtic player doing something wrong, Ross County are in a, a, a scrap just now, a, a, you know, trying to get that top six place and it could cost one of those teams too. Um, this isn't just from a Celtic perspective, this is across the board, and that, you know, the refereeing standard is absolutely appalling and is going to cost a team, I don't doubt it, in these next two games, probably a top six spot. I hope it doesn't have any effect on the title race, but we'll see what happens with it. Um, we'll come to, since it's in the comments just now, when you have been voting on a poll, um, allocations, just briefly, um, before we kind of wrap up um, there's probably a wee bit extra we could have covered on those County but we'll come to this to close um, when you were asked people thanks for participating should Celtic accept tickets for Ibrooks um, no voted 76% yes voted 23% um, there must have been a, an unknown undecided category there too gentlemen what what is your thoughts on this um, as somebody who follows Celtic coming away every week um, I've been in that corner a few times too I'm quite stuck in this one because I know there's a lot of guys like myself that go every week it's what they enjoy it's what they like to do um, and you know if you go one nil up you can make some noise in a stadium if there's a small group of you but um, I think enough is enough for a lot of people in this it's went far too down the line the petty childish behaviour from Stuart Robertson and his cronies is pathetic quite frankly Um and I think a lot of people are now all a bust on this and even try to come to a, an agreement, Patrick, like a, a European allocation. I thought it might have been something considered, but it appears not. And there's gone to the ports of 700 tickets sitting in the Celtic ticket office just now. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this? Um, I would accept that as a bare minimum, that European allocation. I think it's 3,000 um, or maybe 2,500 for certain teams. I'm not sure, but... I think anything less than 3,000 is an insult um, and I wouldn't take it. I know, I think you, I mean, I'm not sure if you get a ticket or not. I'm not sure if they've done the, the allocation or whatever, but, you know, you might miss out personally. I I just think it's 
it's pretty pointless. You, you have very little effect in the atmosphere unless you're five nothing up and the home team have left, the home crowd have left. Um, I think you need to be able to be heard at least in a minority of the game. Um, I just think it's a bit insulting. I mean, there's there's not much point in having people there apart from you know your personal enjoyment of uh, being in the ground. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say as it ruins the fixture. I, I really enjoyed the atmosphere on the 2nd of February. I thought the game was bouncing. I thought it was immense. The all-out performance in the first 45 minutes helped that, obviously. Um, the fact it was a night game, I think, helped that. Um, but to have only 700 uh, away fans at 12 noon on a Sunday, I, I think that ruins what could be a much better fixture and a much better atmosphere. Uh, I definitely won't be there, I know that for a fact, so I'm just looking for the three points. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about the game in a lot more detail next Tuesday, but, you know, I think anything less than 3,000, I would say, I would tell them no. Lawrence, what's your thoughts on this one? Can the Celtic do that? that? There is a possibility that they will still have to offer Rangers uh, 700 tickets when they come to Celtic Park. That could be a, a crucially important game in the title race. Um, and, you know, if the unthinkable happened, um, I'm sure there'll be Rangers fans, there'll be a section of Rangers fans who want to go to that game too. Um, on this one, would Celtic be, you know, cutting their nose off or are you in agreement with Patrick in this that, and myself that, you know, it's probably all or nothing and even a European allocation would probably be a fair compromise but at this point in time, this has been far too... Uh, far too much down the line and probably anything less than that European allocation granted to, to Celtic is you know, an insult I, I would say it can probably touches on you know, the governance of Scottish football again you know, a reasonable amount of tickets well, well, well really what is that you know and we're left going is it a reasonable amount in Europe not a reasonable amount in Scotland or you know why isn't a percentage of, of the ground straight away but you know, it's no surprise that Scottish football gets such kind of really written rules that are wide open in interpretation and some would say maybe abuse. But uh, for me, I, I would take seats and just leave them empty. You know, Rangers will have to pay for the security, etc. I think Kevin Graham said in the, the group chat today, you know, put a banner on it all or nothing. But I, I think it's something that the members of the league kind of need to sort out exactly what is a, does a reasonable amount mean. You know, and listen, if everybody, if everybody agrees that's 700, I don't know, what is that, about 1.2% of their stadium or something? If they're saying that's reasonable, you know, and that's what everyone one agrees, then I suppose you have to have to go with that. But I think they need to get, rather than the word reasonable, they need to get down to like a definite percentage of the ground. And, and it, you know, once the clubs have agreed on that, that's it. But... I think it would be more than 700. But but then again, maybe it's only kind of Celtic, the Rangers, that, that really affects as far as taking away, away fans go. Unless, of course, it's semi-finals or, or cup finals where yeah, other clubs will want way more than 700 tickets for those. Patrick, at the last um, fans forum meeting I attended, there was uh, put forward that the club were going to consult with a fans post to Koglu and Callum McGregor on this should should that be a question that's put to those guys or should this be something that's just made on the basis of, of the club um, should it be an interest of the team put into this in the sense that you know if Celtic went one or two nil up you know 700 people I know from experience can make a bit of noise in there especially if the stadium falls silent um, should we be bringing them into the equation at all can you out sing 50,000 people booing um you know, hopefully that's the situation. Scored, so it was, you know, brilliant. And when Johnny um, Hayes got the one at the end, it just went, the place yeah. just completely emptied. So, um, I mean, I, w- I was going to say there, how, how much noise can 700 people make? But obviously, if we're winning, quite a bit. But then again, if we're winning, do we need the noise? Because we're already ahead. Um, it's a difficult one. Um, I wouldn't take it. Uh, not to say, uh, forget what the manager says, forget what the captain says. I think it's down to principle, you know, and I think Brown Warrior just came in there 1.377%. Um, I was doing my head at 1.3%, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, not a, I'm not a terribly big fan of percentages either. I mean, 
if you make it five percent, for example, Celtic would then need to give Hamilton Aki three thousand tickets twice a season. Um, oh, only if Hamilton are going to take them, isn't it? You know, if you're saying look, that's it, if the club itself. Yeah. You know, Hamilton say, yeah, we want the three thousand. Well, you've got to pay us for them. <laughs> you, you know, I'm yeah, sure. too. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, I'm not sure how these things work. Uh, I'm not sure how qualified any of us are. I'm sure you two know better than I do, but there's got to be some sort of solution. I'm not sure why they can let 3,500 Liga Warsaw fans, Feyenoord fans, Porto fans, you know, uh, Red Star Belgrade fans into the stadium, but they won't let 3,000 Glaswegians in. Um, They've been able to handle it in Europe. Surely they can handle it in the SPFL. Uh, I think it's... It's pretty pathetic, really, on on their part. But um, Maybe it's I would say they, they don't have the same influence in Europe and, and making the rules in Europe. They've kind of got to tell them, you know. Um, but yes, I would go for three thousand minimum or nothing. I'm interested to see what happens with this one. Um, by all accounts, there's seven hundred tickets sitting in the Celtic Park ticket office. We will see what happens with those. Is Andrew um, giving you one, mate? Uh, when you get meeting for coffee. <laughs> I, I don't know. As I say, I've not missed one yet. So if I'm there, I'd pr- probably go. But um, you know, I think for probably the greater good of the Celtic support, I, I would rather that there's a lot more than seven hundred of us there. Um, and if it was that compromise, yeah. But I, I would, you know, do much better if we had the, the Brimlone back. But I, you know, I, unless there's sensible conversations around the table, um, not in our part here. I don't think it's as it's. It's been, you know, like that small child. Um, I think there's only one person that started this, and I think it's them that really need to get around the table and sort it. Um, but we'll finish the allocations with that because there's no point having it at home. There's something else we can have. We can only have an opinion on it. Um, we can't change it, unfortunately. Just to finish up, guys, as I touched on, it's international duty. Um, I read earlier from Joe Henry from Go Radio that Andrew Robertson. Does it look as if he's going to be joining up in the squad um, due to COVID? Lawrence, do you think that might be a potential couple of games for Greg Taylor for Scotland? Yeah, he's a natural guy to fill in, but you know who will take uh, Robertson's place? Mm. The squad Taylor's already in the squad, isn't he? Do you think it would maybe allow him to call up Ralston uh, to the squad? You know, a moment. Uh, but yeah, I, I think potentially Greg will get, get a run out. Listen, I'm not that interested in international as long as the players come back fit, you know, we pick up no injuries and, you know, we can keep up the form that we're in. Uh, that's it for me, you, you know. It's as much as I'm interested in this uh, bank of international fixtures. Yeah, so we've got Callum McGregor away, Greg Taylor, Neil Beaton, Georges Chakavakis, Joseph Juranovic, Rio Hitati, Carlos Starfield, and then Abad O'Reilly and Welsh. Can I? The first team pillar mentioning obviously Johnny Kenny's away and Toby Olomayemi's away, etc. But uh, in terms of the kind of first team regulars ish, these are the guys that are away. Patrick, probably Edge Postacoglu will be watching some of these games through the cracks of his fingers because he's obviously been in the position of an international manager of Australia for so long, a very successful uh, international manager, knows the importance of international football. But you know, want to make sure that these guys come through this round of fixtures unscathed because as everything looks as if it's coming together we don't want any setbacks at this point in the season Yeah, especially in the friendly games, I mean for so many of our players to be playing in a friendly against Poland I think is it's such a crucial point in the season I think, you know leave it up to the players if they want to represent their country in a friendly and you know get another cap maybe get another goal but from a Celtic point of view I think it's as you say, Ange looking out through the cracks in his fingers. I, it's just a, an unnecessary worry at this point. Um been interesting to see. I, I mean, I don't know if Robertson's been replaced yet or not. Uh, I'm not actually entirely sure who's in the squad. I, sort of, I, I lost interest once the, the important game was postponed against Ukraine, but um, I think a lot of people are quite upset. Aaron Hickey um, hasn't been in the squad. Been interesting He's to in see the squad. If, was he? Uh, yeah, 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 Shows yeah. how much I know, um, but aye, it's an unnecessary worry. I'm glad that my Aidan Roger are staying behind. That's I'm glad that's happening. Kyle go obviously still looking for fitness and stuff. Um, as long as all the main players are are, are fit and five and come April the third, I'll be quite happy. 
Yep, there's a few there that do regularly feature for us. Hopefully they either don't play or they just come through unscathed and are all right. It will be interesting to see how Matt O'Reilly gets on with Dan Matt under twenty one if he if he starts. Um and certainly Jack and Marcus with Greece I'd probably prefer if he didn't play for the national side and was just uh, an option maybe off the bench and was only a wee five minute feature. Um thank you to everybody for commenting today. If you've been watching and haven't already, please do like the video. If you haven't please subscribe to the channel. Again, my apologies for sending uh, very bunged up, um, absolutely dying with this cold. So um, thanks to everybody for watching. Brothers International Football on, we shall still be here all week to talk all things Celtic, um, so you can get your Celtic fix. But... phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.